0: whether you have autoimmune disease or not, if you just have these unexplained symptoms, start with your gut. And that's really where I'm pushing this, is like, you can't get an answer then try. Do a gut protocol, see how you feel, and just listen to your body as a result of it. I mean, you implement it. 30 days is nothing. It's temporary. Like Anybody can do anything for 30 days. You know, you just put your mind to it. But once you realize how you feel at the end of that 30 days, when you start reintroducing some of those foods that are inflammatory, you will not want to go back. And I guarantee that.
1: Welcome back to the Essentially You podcast. I am your host, Dr. Marisa Snyder, and I'm here to help you rock your hormones and feel great in your body so that you can reclaim more energy, vitality, and joy, and become the CEO of your health. Let's jump on in. As you may know, there has been a stark rise in autoimmune disorders over the past 50 years, from type 1 diabetes to multiple sclerosis to Hashimoto's thyroiditis and asthma. Even endometriosis is falling under the category of autoimmunity. Now, the first step towards a cure is understanding the root causes and fixing those issues so that the immune system stops building antibodies to target the body. And today, my amazing guest, Dr. Donna Mazzola, and I are going to be discussing the root causes of autoimmune disease and the first step to reversing an autoimmune condition. Because here's the deal. Your immune system is your security detail. It's hardwired to differentiate between what belongs in your body and what doesn't. When it spies a meddler, such as a virus, bacterium, parasite, it shoots to kill. Unfortunately, the system is not perfect. Sometimes it targets healthy tissues, a situation that if persists under certain conditions and circumstances can lead to an autoimmune disease or autoimmunity. Auto means self. So autoimmunity basically means the immune system takes aim at itself. More than 50 million Americans suffer from autoimmunity issues today, which is 20% of the population, and it's estimated that women make up 75% or more. That's around 30 to 35 million of those affected with autoimmune conditions, which makes it the third most common category of illness in the United States after cancer and heart disease. Yet 90% of Americans cannot name a single autoimmune condition. Some of the most common autoimmune diseases include rheumatoid arthritis, type 1 diabetes, lupus, Hajimoto's thyroiditis, multiple sclerosis, inflammatory bowel disease, which includes Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis, celiac disease, and asthma. That's just to name a few, the ones that we know. So, where do we start? What's the foundation? Well, no surprise, we're going to be talking about it today. It's food. Now, before we jump into this powerful interview with Dr. Donna Mazzola, I want to simply sing her praises. She is a pharmacist with a master's degree in functional medicine and human nutrition. Donna realized that medicine has a place in healing, but it's the balance between nutrition and medicine that impacts disease. Following a diagnosis with hajimotos in 2015, she realized it was difficult to find reputable scientific information to support her healing journey. As a result, she created the blog, Dr. Autoimmune Girl and on Instagram as well, known as Dr. Autoimmune Girl, to become that source. Dr. Autoimmune Girl is a blog with a mission to identify the root cause of disease and empower you to take control of your health. Let's welcome Donna to the show. Hey, one more thing. I have been wanting to share my current obsession. Honestly, it's a household obsession because my husband Alex turned me on to Paleo Valley's keto-friendly grass-fed beef sticks earlier this year. Especially when we are on the go, this is the first thing that I grab because protein is a must for keeping me full throughout the day. And they taste amazing with organic spices. My personal favorite is teriyaki and Alex's favorite is jalapeno because he loves a little extra spice. Now, because I know you're going to love them too, Paleo Valley has given me an awesome promo code to share with you so that you can try these amazing beef sticks whenever you need a healthy, protein-rich snack without added sugar or preservatives. So you're going to use promo code Dr. Marisa D-R-M-A-R-I-Z-A, and get 15% off of your order at PaleoValley.com. I'm going to have the link in the show notes for this episode. Try them today for you and your whole family. Welcome to the Essentially You podcast, Dr. Donna Mazzola. How are you doing today, girl? Excellent. It's such a pleasure to have you. I have been Instagram stalking you for a hot minute. I just love, love, love everything that you're curating. And my audience has been, I wouldn't say fully educated when it comes to autoimmune conditions, but definitely we have spoken about it on the show. And with so many more women getting diagnosed every day and a lot of women having an autoimmune condition and not even knowing it. And then once they get the diagnosis, not understanding the root cause because no one's having that conversation. I'm really excited for us to have that conversation today.
0: Absolutely. It's so important that we raise awareness to autoimmunity. I mean, we talk about you know the pandemic going on and it's like, I look at autoimmune disease as the other pandemic right? that's going on and then no one's talking about it.
1: Mm -hmm. It's so true. It is 100% true. And a lot of the things that the pandemic has caused in us can be major drivers and root causes for autoimmune conditions. So I'm not going to be surprised to see a surge of more autoimmunity, especially after this pandemic.
0: Yeah, definitely. I'll get into some of that too, for sure. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. Well, I want to start off. I know that you've got a beautiful hero's journey in your own right that's really led you to serving tens of thousands of people, especially women, in their crusade to support their bodies through an autoimmune condition. But share with us, how did Dr. Autoimmune Girl, how did how was that birthed into the world?
0: So, I mean, I'm a pharmacist by training,
1: conventionally
0: trained, and I practiced clinically for over 10 years, um, managing patients and their medication for the chronic illnesses. And I found myself in those conversations Frequently talking about nutrition and lifestyle, nutrition and lifestyle, you know, because we truly really can prevent chronic these chronic diseases. And, and that's really the focus in, you know, diabetes and cholesterol management, heart disease. Like that's really the only areas that we kind of talk about nutrition and lifestyle and conventional medicine. Um, so I found myself pretty frustrated because I realized, like, gosh, nobody's talking to people about this. And I'm talking to a diabetic that doesn't even know what a carbohydrate is. And You know, I found myself wanting to dive deeper in nutrition. And then, of course, you know how the world goes around. Then I get diagnosed personally with an autoimmune condition. And while I know nutrition and lifestyle and how it impacts all these other chronic illnesses that are more mainstream, if you will, I knew nothing about diet, lifestyle, environmental factors, stress, sleep, whatever it may be, and autoimmune disease. Like we, you think autoimmune disease, it's like you're doomed. You have to take meds for the rest of your life. That's it. End of story, and most providers don't speak to anything else beyond that. They don't talk about some of the things we're going to talk about today, like gut health or removing triggers and things like that, or the why behind it. Like that's such a unknown, and I found myself struggling because I'm like, I don't know anything about this, and so that's where I decided to take upon myself to go back to school and kind of further my education in order to complement my pharmacy background. In getting a master's degree in human nutrition and functional medicine, because I really I believe there's a place for medicine and therapy, but it's kind of that balance between the two that's truly missing, and so that's where Dr. Autoimmune Girl was born. It was born when I went back to school and I thought to myself, well, I was so fascinated about everything that I was learning that I thought, my gosh, I could be that reputable source of information to people so that they can be empowered to take control of their health because that's essentially the only reason I went back to school. I mean, I was like. I'm doing this for me right now, but then immediately was like, but let me turn around and offer this to the world. And to do that in a social media platform where I can impact tens of thousands of people to be able to ask the right questions of their practitioners, understand what their labs mean, understand what they need to be doing in order to control those symptoms, to delay that progression of their disease and and let and take control of it. As, as opposed to allowing the disease to control them.
1: Amen. Now I've read a lot of your posts and I'm just like, amen, amen, amen. You know, I'm just like, that is that is what time it is. Like we deserve that level of literacy. You know, there's a lot of, you know, especially when it comes to autoimmune conditions, definitely hajimotos and low thyroid function. And I know it can sway back and forth from hyper to hypo, but it's important that we have hormone literacy. It's important that we know our bodies. And most important, we need to know why. Why, you know, you giving me a medication to manage the hypothyroid portion of a Hajimoto's diagnosis isn't addressing the antibodies, isn't addressing the autoimmune component and surely isn't answering the question to how the heck did I get this to begin with?
0: No, it's not, (laughs) and that's the problem. And that's the
1: problem. (laughs) I
0: think the biggest challenge is like truly defining what is an autoimmune disease. And while the end result is impacting a specific organ dysfunction, like your thyroid or your pancreas or your skin or your joints or your brain, right? That's the end result. But the beginning where that starts is in dysregulation in your immune system. And so it's an immune system problem. It's not a thyroid problem. And I think that's like a key differentiator for people to first wrap their head around so that then they can better understand how to control it.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Your thyroid, your poor little thyroid, it's the victim of... of a wayward immune system, depending on how you want to look at it. Absolutely. Or the brain or the central nervous system or the joints or whatever, whatever may be under the surveillance of the immune system at that time. Okay. So let's define what an autoimmune condition is. And then let's talk into the rise. Why are we seeing so many diagnoses around autoimmune conditions today? Like it's, isn't it the third leading issue for us, 3rd leading disease in America, I wanna say is autoimmune diseases. Yeah,
0: in general, it is, it's, it's crazy. Like 50 million people are targeted, you know, and, and suffering from autoimmune diseases. But, you know, as we said, autoimmune diseases are essentially a dysregulation of your immune system. I think we'll get into more of those details as we continue our talk here as to the why behind that dysregulation. I think that's key but truly it's it's on the rise and it's scary. And I, I do call it like the autoimmune epidemic and no one's talking about it enough. And if you even look at pharmaceutical agents that are being developed today, the vast majority are for autoimmune diseases because they recognize that there's that complex and what's going on. And like I said, 50 million people are targeted with it. There's over 80 different autoimmune diseases, right? So we we talk about the top five or top 10, but there's 80 to 100 that have been identified and there's several more that haven't. And the greatest challenge with autoimmune diseases is that people suffer with unexplained symptoms for on average eight to 10 years before they actually get a diagnosis and kind of have an answer and and can start to finally control it. And so I constantly talk about that on my page because if you're just having Random symptoms like sudden brain fog, sudden fatigue, and and everybody's like, oh, it's just stress, it's our lifestyle, stress, you know, and then you suffer for eight to ten years before then you realize, okay, maybe I do have this underlying inflammatory type condition, right? And how do I take control of that? And if you would have known that earlier, that some of those unexplained symptoms are, you know, a result of just chronic inflammation going on in the body, like would you have done something? Probably. I say that to myself personally. I I mean I wasn't educated enough in this whole concept. And so had I known, I look back and I'm like, oh, all those antibiotics I took consecutively for those sinus infections and all that stress I was under and I wasn't sleeping like maybe five hours a night. I mean I start and you know at some points you play the blame game but If you don't know, you don't know, and you don't know what you don't know, you know? So at the end of the day, it's like gaining knowledge and spreading awareness around recognizing these symptoms and kind of combating that. And unfortunately, autoimmune diseases are gender biased. So they're targeting women at a much higher rate than men. And some of that is related to our hormones and how those differ. I mean, we see a lot of autoimmune diseases develop after pregnancies, So it is this epidemic. It's quite scary to see rise. And and we talked about the current pandemic and viruses are a key contributing factor to the development of autoimmune diseases. They're they're a trigger. They're they're kind of one of those things that can turn on your gene. And unfortunately, when we're looking at the data right now is around 40% of those that have recovered from COVID are suffering with unexplained symptoms of autoimmune disease. Like Symptoms that they attribute could be autoimmune related. Um, we're seeing a rise in the diagnosis of type 1 diabetes related to COVID-19. And so, yes, unfortunately, like we're rising at a rate of 19% per year. That statistics is a couple years old. And I think that number is going to go up when the NIH really starts digging into the data and identifying that, unfortunately, this pandemic did contribute and is going to contribute to a, a greater rise. Mm,
1: I, I'm already seeing that myself, and I wanted to just speak into how we see an advent of autoimmune conditions after pregnancy. It's really fascinating. During a lot of the surges that we go through as women in our cycles, I see I see things like endometriosis pop up in girls in puberty. Kind of like in that surge where hormones are coming online, we will see those types of uh, like an autoimmune condition coming on. Women during pregnancy or after pregnancy, we had major hormone surges and shifts. We start to see autoimmune conditions. And then I also see that shift between perimenopause and menopause is where a lot of women will start to see autoimmune conditions as well. And so, yes, I think it's like 70% of autoimmune conditions are women. And we don't necessarily in the medical system in terms of diagnostics, medications, or, you know, in, in identifying an autoimmune condition, we just fall short there. I wanted to ask you really quickly, Dr. Donna Manzola, is how long did it take you? Bef- like, Because I know you were diagnosed with Haji Meadows in 2015. How long do you think you had Hajis before you got it diagnosed?
0: Well, I had my daughter in 2011, and I was experiencing some unexplained symptoms, but I had my thyroid checked at that time. And so at that time it was normal, but my antibodies weren't checked. And that's key. So I believe it happened post-pregnancy. Um, so I would say probably four years, but I, what I thought lived an otherwise healthy lifestyle. I exercise, I ate right, even through pregnancy, like meals were always super healthy. And so an auto view never came to mind. Like the doctor checked, checked TSH and that's all they checked, which is always, you know, something that- pituitary hormone. Yeah. I like empower people, like ask for more, right? Like, so we put that information out there so that people can at least ask their providers to dig deeper. But it was in 2015, what I noticed was my hair was very brittle and I was gaining weight despite training for a half marathon have being on a super strict diet. You know, I'm running like 30, 40 miles a week and eating healthy and you know, high protein diet. And I'm just like I keep my weight keeps going up. And I found myself like kind of like struggling to get myself to get on my runs. And so, you know, as a result, I went to the doctor and again TSH was normal. But I wonder should, what the normal was for them at the time. It was around I think 2.8, 2.9. So one to two is, you know, if I saw seeing it creep above that, there's a problem. But what triggered my provider was that my cholesterol was elevated and she knew that I ate healthy. And I was like, that doesn't even make sense. Like, why is my cholesterol elevated? And cholesterol metabolism, you know, is goes hand in hand. Cholesterol is a hormone. And so there, it's all connected. Like her hormones don't work in silos. And so that's that's honestly what triggered her. So I give all the credit where she was like, I'm going to check antibodies because this doesn't make sense. And it was right there through the roof, right? So my antibodies are through the roof. And that's when my journey began. So it depends on the provider. So I can't say, you know what I mean? But empowering yourself to
1: understand these things and understand how things are connected will allow you to ask the right questions. Mm. Agreed. I, I was just really quickly want to share. I was diagnosed in 2018, the summer of 18. And I'm pretty sure I started I I started having symptoms in late 2015. And like all of us, I was like, it's stress. And it definitely stress was contributing. There was no doubt about that. But I just was like, this must be stress. And we kept looking, and I was running full thyroid panels without antibodies. And everything was looking normal because we don't people don't realize that you have to be many stages into haji's for the hormones to start really shifting, even though you could have symptoms. And so finally, I think on the third panel, within a year of running panels, I don't know why I hadn't even thought about running antibodies. It just, everything just looks so good. And finally we ran antibodies and there there it was. And so I just wanted to share my story really quickly because it feels similar to yours too, in the sense that we keep getting these misdiagnoses and you, you, you want to keep advocating and, and really pushing further, especially to look at antibodies, because again, your thyroid and your body can take a beating for quite some time before it really starts to show symptomology.
0: Exactly. Like for both of us, it's about at least four years, you know, but, and when we had that background, even with our medical background and understanding, it still took that long. So you can imagine for somebody who doesn't, why it takes eight to 10 years to get that diagnosis. And it
1: sucks because people are suffering, right? Without answers. They are, they're suffering without answers and they're, and they're told to just lose some weight, or reduce your stress levels or sleep better and yes reduce your stress levels and sleep better those are definitely going to be major major wins for you but we got to sometimes we got to dig we got to dig even deeper to figure out what is going on and it is scary to think that the long haul symptoms around covid because yes viruses are definitely triggers viruses are triggers toxins are triggers stress is a trigger all of these things can that, that perfect storm can set the immune system on, you know, on a rampage. And I was wondering, I was definitely being really observant around this the COVID-19 virus and all of the, the different mutations of it to see how how it spanned out. And based on what I was seeing, what it was doing initially, I thought, wow, I wonder if this is gonna sprout a lot of autoimmune conditions because this virus has got such a stronghold on the immune system and, you know, overall lots of different systems of the body.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it I still think there's a lot we don't know. You know, I'm seeing like medical centers opening up clinics just to try to better understand what we're referring to as like these long hauler symptoms, because it's it's still unknown. And again, autoimmune diseases, there's still a lot of unknowns as well. Um, It's complicated.
1: It's very complicated. As you mentioned, there's 80 that we have for as a diagnosis, but you and I both know so many diffuse symptoms are popping up for people. We just don't have a name for it. Probably can lend to or point to some type of autoimmune condition. Absolutely. Yeah. And I don't know if we necessarily need to name every single one, just understand that the immune system can, can get out of control, can misfire, can miscommunicate. It's a very powerful system that we have in the body. It's no doubt that things can go haywire every now and again.
0: Yeah, absolutely. At the end of the day, my personal take is it's all about
1: inflammation. Let's dive into that. Let's dive into inflammation because I think that most of us have it. We all have it. Yes. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, so when I talk about
0: inflammation, I like to tell people it's inflammation is a good thing. Okay. So, technically speaking, and the result of your immune system gets triggered by an outside invader and it turns on, and it's like, okay, I recognize I need to protect myself. And so therefore, I'm going to release these cytokines that are, you know, from the army that are going to go and kill off this invader that's not supposed to be here. And those cytokines are essentially inflammatory in nature. So they're inflammatory, they do their thing, and they're supposed to shut off, go back to where, you know, their base, and the inflammation is supposed to settle itself, right? And so we're not supposed to continuously be in an inflammatory state. Unfortunately, that's not the case for many of us. And given our lifestyle, with our diet, with our food, with our exposure to environmental toxins, with our lack of sleep, with our increased stress level, we are constantly in a state of chronic inflammation. So those inflammatory cytokines are never just back at their base. They're constantly out there being exposed to something that they think they need to continuously fight off. And so those are the triggers, right? So like viruses, if you think about it, that's an easy trigger. Like you're exposed to a virus, it turns on, sometimes it doesn't, the switch doesn't turn back off. And then it, you know, it kind of converts itself to attack self. But other things outside of a virus that is not kind of top of mind for people, food, for instance, or should I call it food-like substances? You know, it's not even food that we're eating. It's like, I look at the amount of chemicals that are approved in the United States that are banned across the globe in other countries because they haven't technically been proven to be harmful. And so, you know, they're considered safe. And so they're allowed into our food, but these are triggering an inflammatory response. You think about the furniture that you get, the rugs, the couches, like flame retardants that are sprayed on them, the chemicals that are in your mattresses, like Now your body's exposed to this foreign substance and it's creating an inflammatory response. And so that response never gets turned off. And so that's when we start talking about how to mitigate that, it's focusing on those triggers. It's identifying what those triggers are and kind of removing them, mitigating it, recognizing how your body responds when it's exposed to it. And so to me, it's always all about being in tune with your body as well. But the key to kind of, Wrapping your head around this whole concept
1: is inflammation. Okay, and even we think about cancer, inflammation, cancer, inflammation, metabolic dysfunction, inflammation, right? Heart disease, inflammation, Alzheimer's, inflammation, <laughs> inflammation, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. That is definitely the linchpin here. And you, you feel like you've named a couple of the causes that are driving this inflammation, right? Toxins. You know, when we were gearing up for Kingston we were so mindful like even his car seat doesn't have flame retardant on it and But then I thought, well, okay, yeah, we're buying all the things for the baby and Green Guard, like all the furniture, all the things. I'm like, but what of all the furniture that we bought before the baby that the baby's gonna touch anyway? You know, the toxic carpets that are in my bedroom, but not in the baby's bedroom. He's gonna eventually be in this room too. And so absolutely the toxins that we are exposed to. I think people still don't recognize how critical food is here and how it can move you in one direction or the other. I would say further away from inflammation, or closer to inflammation. Like that's food for me is one way or the other. And I know it's not fun to look at it that way, but your body does. That's how your body sees it. Stress, clearly stress is the big one that can absolutely continue to trigger more inflammation, especially if it's already there. And then the other big one, I think trauma, you see a lot of women, autoimmune condition driven by trauma triggers that just in their body that they'd never dealt with. And then the the other big one that I see are major gut issues, gut infections, gut problems. And I know that has been probably a big gateway for you in educating people is how we can support our gut or heal our gut so that we're not continue because that's where the immune system is. It's 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 the most intimate experience between the environmental external environment and the internal environment. No wonder that's where the base is, you know, for a lot of our immune system. So it's speaking to me, I don't know if there's, there's certain root causes that you love to speak into more, if you want to spend a little bit of time around the gut, but I want I want to really connect the dots for all of us here. Yeah. I mean, when we talk
0: about the gut, it really lends to the conversation to talk about food and diet and what we're putting into our system. So like, Our gut, the way I, you know, look at it is it's like our security checkpoint, okay? And so it's like everything that goes in comes in contact with the gut. And there's this wall there that is porous enough to allow the appropriate nutrients to be absorbed through the body, you know, but it should have the ability to block off any of those toxins to kind of diffuse into our bloodstream, creating kind of this immune response that we're seeing, unfortunately, the common term we hear here is leaky gut. So a lot of these foods, food like substances, fast foods, sugar, I mean, how high is our diet in sugar? Those all perpetuate and contribute to the development of leaky gut. And so what happens is you're continuously eating these foods and now even healthy foods you're reacting to. So when people start saying like, oh, I used to be able to eat legumes and now I can't anymore. And I used to be able to eat fill in the blank. And now I can't anymore. And it's like, it's because your gut wall and lining is so broken down that everything you eat, there is no security checkpoint anymore. It's just, it's It's a free for all. (laughs) all. (laughs) Everything's (laughs) leaking into your bloodstream. Now your immune system is turned on. So it's reacting to these food antigens essentially that are being created. And so now it's like your immune system's like, Oh, what's that? Looks foreign. Let me attack it. As a result, Cytokines are released, inflammatory in nature, and now we have this continuous chronic inflammation every time you eat, every time you're exposed to these things. And so healing the gut is almost like step one in kind of combating this. So my my motto is always kind of like control what you can control and provide your body what it needs so that it can control the rest. That's key, right? And so focusing on flame retardants, things like that, like our body has a detoxification system in it. It's fascinating. But if it doesn't have the nutrients for that system to function at its highest capacity, then all those exposures, like you build that toxic burden, and then you can perpetuate that chronic inflammation, you lead to autoimmune disease. I mean, it's just this like vicious cycle that occurs. So foods are a huge trigger that we like to target and, you know, really looking at inflammatory foods and really just, I mean, if we start by just targeting the standard American diet and we look at, processed foods, high saturated fats, kind of this dysregulation between omega-6 and omega-3 fatty acids. So putting us at a more of an inflammatory state with the type of fats that we're eating, sugar in excess. I mean, look at the, look at the rise in type 2 by diabetes in kids and obesity rates. It's the sugar. That, that's it. That's what's causing it. It's added into everything in excessive amounts and we're addicted to it.
1: Alcohol, people don't want me to say that, but alcohol is breaking down your gut walls. Yes, it's, it is. You want to poke holes in your wall, your gut wall? You want some more leaky gut? Keep drinking.
0: drinking, yeah. And so there are things that, and people are like, well, I don't want to give all that up. You know, and it's, that's the challenge. But when people do finally come to it and say, I am going to eliminate those things and I'm going to nourish my body with the right foods, the right I just say kind of like eat the rainbow, the right plant-based foods and proteins to provide your body the nutrients that it needs to heal and kind of seal that gut wall. In time, people find themselves like foods that they were reacting to all of a sudden they can eat again. It's like, well, yeah, because you sealed the wall and now those things aren't leaking out. And so your body is able to break them down, eliminate, take the, what it needs from them and then eliminate them from your body. And that's that's normal. That's how it should function. And so that's kind of the key in my mind to tackling as a starting point, at least for autoimmune disease.
1: It's what I did. It is literally what I did to get it under control. You know, I I did a massive elimination and yeah, it isn't, it isn't fun. It's definitely challenging, but I will tell you being on the other side of it, like to have a body with energy, to have a brain that functions, to have a metabolism work again, because we know that metabolism is also cellular energy. We know that ultimately that's leading to longevity, and you have to think about like, well, what do, what do I want this life to look like? What do I want this body to feel like in 10, 20, 30, 40 years? I think anytime we 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 know we're diving into something where we're giving up foods we love, foods that we think we can't be without, we have to ask ourselves, is it worth it? Is the juice worth the squeeze? You know? And so for me, I we we all of the inflammatory foods got re- eliminated and eliminated for, I think I did. I think I eliminated everything for 90 days, alcohols, any, any, not a lot of sugars, but all the grains, eggs, corn, dairy, gluten, all the things, all the big offenders were removed. And it was in that journey for me that I was finally able to put out the fire because that fire is just raging. And if we're not able to take some, what I knew for sure, Donna, is what I had been doing wasn't working. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) and I needed something different.
0: Yeah. And, and what I try to tell people is these, I mean, you know, you hear like, Oh, I put my disease in remission. You know, that's great, but doesn't mean it can't be turned back on. Okay. So some people will say that, and they believe they can be cured of their autoimmune disease. Autoimmune disease is like lives on a spectrum. So oh, we do want to delay that progression, and by getting control of our diet and our and our lifestyle habits, will delay that progression. It can put things into remission. It can slow that down. You don't want to increase it. And one thing that's scary, unfortunately, is that once you have you have one autoimmune disease, you're prone and likely to develop others. And nobody wants to hear that. But if you remain in a inflammatory state and continue to eat these inflammatory foods and live an inflammatory type lifestyle then the likelihood of those things happening is pretty high you know we see i think the statistic is for those with Hashimoto's up to 50 percent develop celiac disease in their time as well and you know and so it, it just one adds to the next and you know nobody wants to hear that so if you can delay that progression remove that inflammation from the body And ultimately, you will kind of mitigate what can happen next.
1: Well, I was thinking about how no one likes to hear that, but I think about how other chronic conditions beget other chronic conditions. Diabetes is going to beget potentially brain fog and dementia and definitely heart disease, right? Metabolic dysfunction, all of those things interconnected. I'm surprised that we're surprised that we know that other chronic conditions beget other chronic conditions. It's obvious if the immune system is firing at will at everything in its path, it's gonna target other things. And I know that our autoimmune conditions also beget other chronic conditions outside of autoimmune conditions. Like when you are seeing the raised cholesterol, you damage the thyroid, it's gonna have an impact on insulin. You know, you're going to see more insulin resistance. You're going to see a menstrual cycle that's completely off. And so we, yes, it all begets more of it, more, more dysregulation. And so I just wanted to speak into that too. Like the greater picture is we have inflammation in the body. Your hajis can absolutely potentially lead to more insulin resistance and prediabetes. That could lead to more metabolic dysfunction and damage of the artillery system leading to anthrosclerosis. So I'm just I want to paint this picture of like if you figure out, find out you've got symptoms, dig in, figure it out, but just note that if you are healing that autoimmune condition, you there's a lot of side benefits. There's a lot of side let's say your focus is getting that autoimmune condition into remission, you're doing that through healing the gut. You're healing the gut, you're healing the brain you're healing your mood, you're healing your hormones. So I wanted to just speak on, like if we flip the coin in the other direction, when we can get that that inflammation under control, we are talking about system-wide health and healing.
0: Yeah, of course, and and that's the key, right? And Nothing works in a silo, the body's all connected, the organs are all connected, the cells are all connected and they're working together. So yeah, it's like getting that under control and not trying to scare anybody, but that chronic inflammation stays around long enough, the end result is cancer. And that's the reality. I mean, I don't want thyroid cancer, so I'm controlling my inflammation, you know? And so with celiac, I don't want, you know, you don't want stomach cancer. So control that inflammation in the body. But if that inflammation maintains itself within that organ, eventually that's going to be the end result if you're not taking control of that inflammation. And so that's you know, I don't know
1: any better way to put it. It's but. like a mic drop moment, Donna. We can all just take a moment <laughs> and just just let that soak in for just a second. That ultimately inflammation is going to create mutations in your cells. And those cells will, are going to grow out of control or get out of control that could potentially lead to cancer.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, look in the United States, one out of two people. Why? Because we live a highly inflammatory lifestyle, period. It's not just our food we touched a little bit on stress. I mean, stress triggers these inflammatory cytokines to be released. Lack of sleep triggers inflammatory cytokines to be released. Like all of these things are science behind the mechanism of how these inflammatory cytokines then are released into the body. And then you just have this, you're living in a chronic inflammatory state.
1: Mm-mm-mm. And everyone's like, I'm, tr- I'm turning off this episode. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So let's. <laughs> no, I think we got to get real because I always talk about hormones being the little white flag, being the messengers that are like, hello, hello, like, please, please deal with this situation right now before things get out of control. And you know, that next step is potentially an autoimmune condition. Autoimmune conditions like, hey, 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 like, this is, you need to handle this, you know, and then we just, like, there's a progression. And so the sooner we can start listening to our symptoms, I know so much for women that can be challenging because we've been told that our our periods are supposed to be painful. We've been told that we are meant there's pain and there's exhaustion and there's tired and it's just our lot in life as women. But the minute that those symptoms start to show up, it is time to start to listen and start to figure out what's going on with the body. I know we talked about dietary components and how we begin to eliminate some of these inflammatory foods. What else should we be looking at? You also, we mentioned stress, we talked about all the chemicals, the flame retardant, the glyphosate, all that nasty, nasty that is just in the standard American lifestyle. You know, what are other factors, what are things that we can begin to shift? Like, In your experience on working with so many patients with autoimmune conditions, besides food, what has been the other massive needle mover?
0: Honestly, stress is a big one. And like, I'd say like stress and sleep, I kind of put them together, like stress, sleep and movement, your body needs it. Not to say that stress, mitigating stress is a low hanging fruit, because it's not, it's not something easy. We're, We're all under stress. It's how we manage it. What do we put in place that we know will help mitigate it? You know, is it doing meditation? Is it doing breathing? I mean, breath work in and of itself. There are studies that show that meditation three times a week for 15 minutes, they actually measured CRP levels, which is just a general measure of inflammation. They saw a significant reduction by over 40% in CRP levels just because of implementing breath work and meditation. So sometimes we our life. Like we have a loved one that has an illness. We have an illness that's stressful in and of itself. We have kids stuck at home with us, right? During COVID last year, like everybody was under a significant stress, but how did we manage it and how do we mitigate it? Recognizing there are measures that we can do to reduce those inflammatory cytokines. So like I tell everybody, like if you can incorporate meditation just before bedtime, 15 minutes, like there's a million apps out there, download one, let it talk to you, follow the breath work. It'll put you to sleep. You will sleep so well. You'll reduce the, that, those inflammatory cytokine release. I mean, it's something you follow consistently and the end result is that reduction in inflammation. The ability to sleep, you know, I mean, how many people actually get eight to nine hours of sleep?
1: Not me. <laughs> it's a real struggle for people. For me, I've always loved sleep. I've always done well on sleep, except I just have a baby. So we're we're, we're getting there.
0: Yes. Well, yeah. And and you recognize the importance right Right now. Yes. There's a baby. So you have to get to that point where you can get back to sleeping. But at the end of the day, like sleep deprivation, melatonin and cortisol work hand in hand. Melatonin is your sleep hormone. They're kind of in balance of each other. And it's like, you're not sleeping well, that melatonin is reduced and your cortisol is elevated. That's your stress hormone. And so you're waking up at two, three in the morning as a result of that. You're not able to function. So cortisol is being your stress hormone. Again, you're seeing a result of these inflammatory cytokines again being released. And so it's like getting eight to nine hours of sleep, your body needs to regenerate itself. It needs that time to just kind of like shut down and regenerate so that it can then do what it needs to do the next morning so that you can rise and like your cortisol peaks in the morning and then it should fall throughout the day. And that's kind of a normal cycle. We don't see that with everybody. And we don't because of this just high Underlying stress, lack of sleep, inability to sleep. So I I put them hand in hand together. I don't like to take them lightly. And late and more recently, I've been talking about this more because of the COVID pandemic. Even personally, I could talk about my personal story. I had a major flare up last year, and it led to the development of several nodules on my thyroid. My antibodies were through the roof. Nothing changed. I follow a very clean diet. I exercise every single day. I eat very clean. I sleep. You know, I, I make sure I'm in bed by nine. My kids go to sleep. I go to sleep with them. Like that's how I ensure I get my sleep, but stress was through the roof. And that's what I pinpoint to all these issues that occurred for me last year. And so I highlight that a lot. And I talk about it a lot because don't ignore it. I never thought like we talk about it. We're like, yeah, stress is bad. You know, we should mitigate it. But when you experience it and you know that you're doing everything else right, that's when it was just, like, such a shock to me. And, like, it really caused my disease to spiral out of control, unfortunately. And so do what you can to mitigate it. And implementing meditation for myself personally every night had a huge impact.
1: Mm. I'm so glad you shared that with us. You know, I you know, speaking into the, how quick we can trigger something back up, we can trigger an autoimmune disease flare again, and you know, you could have a lot of the right pieces in place, and it could be one thing. And I think stress is probably one of the biggest components. It is such a major. It it fires off cytokines, it pokes holes in your gut, it decreases your vagal tone, just so many aspects. I mean, you're literally in survival mode. What does a body do in survival mode? It's not pretty. It's supposed to be a very temporary process. But if we're living in that long term, it's a major issue for so many of us. I think it's a big, big trigger for most autoimmune conditions these days. And so I was thinking about, as as I'm kind of listening in on this conversation with us, and I was thinking about the things that move the needle, first and foremost, I hear you saying, listen to your symptoms, advocate for yourself, ask for more testing. Even in your experience, that was the case. In my experience, that was the case. And then once we know what's going on, note that it's driven by inflammation, it's driven by the immune system. How do we get, how do we calm that inflammation down? First step is gut health and nutrition, right? Those are the first two pieces. And then looking at all these other lifestyle factors as well. Is there anything else that I'm missing? Donna, honey, that that could lend to getting us back to a state of homeostasis and wellness?
0: No, I don't think so. I mean, a a lot of it has to do with our diet. That's kind of like the starting point and just living a balanced life.
1: One of the areas that I was struggling too, probably because of the, well, because of the root causes that drove the autoimmune condition, I was depleted in a lot of key nutrients. I had vitamin D depletion. I had magnesium depletion. Iron depletion. So I would even look at when you're running labs, maybe just look at nutrient deficiencies, see if there's any gaps you need to fill in that journey as well. So that you are well nourished in terms of your nutrient profile. Yeah,
0: yeah, I, I you totally agree. And, and I think a lot of that is also connects to your diet as well. Supplementing for a time being is important, but I think if you're able to almost like overhaul your diet and recognize the nutrients that you can get from whole foods, you know, you're nourishing your body to be able to function at a cellular level where it needs to be. But you're absolutely right. I mean, the pathophysiology of all these autoimmune diseases, I mean even for the thyroid, just to, just to generate thyroid hormone, it requires magnesium and iron and vitamin D and vitamin A. And I mean, so if you're not eating right and you're depleted of these nutrients, then of course that you're not going to be able, your glands and your organs are not to be able to function at the capacity that they need to.
1: I agree. 100%. Well, I wanna say thank you so much. You've given us, girl, you gave us so much food for thought, ways in which to think about this, being on the spectrum of inflammation, things to be looking out for, and really the real talk real truth around what this could lead to down the line if we're not really mindful and then the other thing that i think you pointed out because you know when mostly more women than men are being diagnosed and we as women really have to advocate because we're, we we will we will get missed and our diagnosis will get missed as well and and just like you and myself you know for years each of us when it could have been maybe just one year or even just two years and, and you know, a lot less damage could have been done in that time. Now, as we talked about the gut and we talked about protocols for healing the gut, I know that you, because you've seen such great work here, you are creating a gut, you've got a gut protocol for us as a gift to kind of get us started on the right track. Can you talk about that?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I've developed um, what I'm referring to as the per protocol, which is a four week gut healing protocol where you purge, initiate, regenerate, and heal over that four-week period. And what I love about this protocol is that I really get into the science behind the why. Why 30 days? Why, you know, how long does it take to actually heal that gut lining? why inflammatory foods are impacting your health. We talked a little bit about that today, but I really dive deep into it. So I give a lot of upfront knowledge and education as to why you need to follow this and heal your gut. Because I feel like once people know the why behind it, they're more likely to do it. So the results, you kind of get all that knowledge upfront, And then you have a four-week protocol with shopping lists, recipes, exactly what you need to do over this four-week period to heal your gut, how to reintroduce these foods, and it's really for whether you have autoimmune disease or not if you just have these unexplained symptoms start with your gut and that's really where i'm pushing this is like you can't get an answer then try do a gut protocol, see how you feel and just listen to your body as a result of it. I mean, you implement it, 30 days is nothing, it's temporary. Like anybody can do anything for 30 days. You know, you just put your mind to it. But once you realize how you feel at the end of that 30 days, when you start reintroducing some of those foods that are inflammatory, you will not wanna go back. And I guarantee that. And that, that was my experience. I know that was your experience. And most people that go through this realize that and they're just like, Wow. But I also incorporate in there key supplements at certain time points that help to accelerate that healing process. And so, yeah, I'm super excited about it. You you can check it out on my website, but I've done it multiple times. I've done GI tests before and after and saw the results of like the bacteria in my gut, how it improved, the acidity, just all of it. It was like near perfect. And I was like, wow, okay, this actually works, you know? And so I wanted to spread it beyond just myself and give other people that empowerment to get control of their health.
1: Mm, Such a wonderful gift. And like you said, side benefits, girl, right? You heal the gut. And we're talking about... It's the epicenter for for healing in the body. So whether you're dealing with an autoimmune condition or not, but you've got some type of symptoms, this is going to serve. A gut protocol is always going to be your best friend. Yes, in 30 days, we as women, we do hard things all the time. We can do it in 30 days. So I'm going to have the link for the show notes. Where else would you love us to plug into you? Yeah. So you can subscribe to my
0: newsletter and my blog at drautoimmunegirl.com and on all social channels, Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, Dr. Autoimmune Girl. You can find me there. I post daily and I will continue to give you that knowledge to empower you to take control of your health.
1: Mm. Thank you so much. It was such a pleasure to have you today. Thank you. Let me just say, Donna is the real deal when it comes to understanding and addressing autoimmune conditions. And she nailed it on the head that we need to focus on healing our gut for many reasons, especially to prevent or quell autoimmune symptoms. It's one of the biggest root causes that drives autoimmunity in our bodies. Now, she has spent years researching exactly what we need to do to get our autoimmune disease into remission. I'm gonna strongly encourage you to go check her out, specifically her gut protocol that we spoke about during the interview, and check out her IG page, Dr. Autoimmune Girl, on either instagram or facebook whatever you love to plug into i literally shared one of her posts today in my stories because it's just that powerful she is that spot on when it comes to autoimmunity as a woman and a mama with Motos, i have always gravitated to her information because she is sharing stuff that others just aren't so please go and check out the gut protocol i also know she's got a new book out as well The links will be in the show notes for this episode. And I just want to say thank you so much for listening in today on the Essentially You podcast. This show is all about providing you tools to rock your hormones and feel amazing in your body. If there's someone in your life that needs to hear this episode today because they are struggling with an autoimmune condition or think that they may have one, but keep being told that they're just a complainer in the healthcare system, definitely screenshot this episode, send it on over to them or share it on social media. If you do share it on social, hashtag hormone literacy or hormone CEO. Till the next episode, have an amazing day.